When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to our fifth episode of It's All White, our Get West London Fulham podcast. My name's Robert Warlow. I'm joined here today by our Fulham club writer, Ryan O'Donovan. Hello, Rob. Hello. And also we've got Tom Moore, who covers Brentford for us for Get West London. Hello. So, Ryan, it's not been a great week for Fulham, as it's not been a great run of late for them. There's five now without a win. It's um, a 2-0 defeat at Wolves on Friday night. It's a bit of a struggle at the moment for the Whites. They have, I think with everything told, I think it's a bit of a shambles for Fulham at the moment. You know, you've had a terrible run of form on the pitch in October and the first week of November. And then with this whole Craig Klein thing blowing up and him leaving the club, you know, off the, off the pitch as well, it's just, it, it's not a pretty sight for Fulham fans at the moment. And I think this international break has, has come at the right time for the club at the moment because, you, you know, you've got to reset things on the pitch, you've got to look where they can go off the pitch and with this great climb thing, you know, you've got to look where the club can go from here. So I think having this, this you know, two-week break has is, is come at the perfect opportunity at the moment. Do you think that the, the, you know, the, the events of last week have, have had an effect on the pitch? Um, I don't know whether necessarily it's had an effect on the pitch in the sense that because the Craig Klein has left the club, they went out and got beat by Wolves. I don't think that's necessarily what's happened here. I think the whole thing with Craig Klein and the, the stats recruitment process I think it's had an effect on the season as a whole what was done in the summer using Klein the stats model that's what's affected performances at the moment you know obviously there's some blame that lies at the door of Slavica Djukanovic as well the way he's got teams set up and and who he's playing and what formation he's using and that type of stuff but I do think this whole Klein thing not necessarily has affected the club in this precise moment with it with it happening but in the long term I think it's had an effect on the club for sure. You mentioned Slavisa Kanovic there. Obviously, as with any bad run of form, the you know, spotlight always turns on the manager, doesn't it? Do you think he is feeling a bit more, a bit more under pressure than perhaps he has been during his time at Fulham before? Yes and no. I think yes, obviously, because the results have been so poor that he's going to be feeling a little bit under pressure. But I think with Klein leaving the club, this can be seen as a massive win for Djukanovic. Everyone knows the two didn't get on and that they butted heads with recruitment. So for him to leave the club, that gives Djukanovic that bit more say behind the scenes. You know, he, the club have got rid of Klein. They've backed him somewhat now that can be seen. So, And I think this whole Klein thing blowing up and the whole people looking at that more so has taken the pressure off the results a bit. People aren't really looking at the results now. They're all talking about Klein. They're not talking about Fulham not winning a single game in October. Mm. And then people that are are going to say, well, Djukanovic has been doing this managing the team with this whole thing going behind the scenes you know you've got to give credit to him so I think Djukanovic will be quite happy one that Klein's gone 
and two, that it's happened at the moment because it's taken people's glare off, off the results. But you can't hide from the results. I mean, the performances as well. You, you've said it yourself that particularly the last couple of games haven't been good. No, they've, they've been terrible. You know, it's not the Fulham we were used to last season. There's no, there's no spark in that side. There's no attacking threat in the side. And they're defending like schoolboys at the moment. It's not what we saw from Fulham last year. And it's, it's a question is raised of why that is because it's pretty much the same team. Obviously, Tom Kearney's injured and he's been playing you know, second gear and he wasn't in the team for uh, Friday night's game. But even so, you know, he's still got Johansson in that side. He's not been playing well. The forward line just have nothing about them. They get into that final third and you know, te- teams are quite happy for them to be in the final third because they know they're going to do absolutely nothing with it. So yeah, performances at the moment, they're, they're really concerning. And now we're in an international break. I think it's a chance for Djukanovic and his backroom staff to really have a look at what's going wrong here, what's happening with the players, why aren't they performing, and to, to try and sort things out. Uh, all right, Wolves have been going well and you know, wouldn't necessarily be an entirely unexpected result, but mind you. But I think it, you, you look at the other fixtures they've had recently, particularly that Bolton game at home, you know, there, there are games that you would normally expect Fulham to win. Yeah, you would. But looking at that Fulham game, you'd, uh, the Wolves game, you'd expect them to be a bit more competitive than they were. You know, they turned up and as soon as that first goal went in, it was a training game for the rest of the side. You could have written a match report at 20 minutes. It was Fulham didn't show up at all. There was nothing about them. They had more possession, but Wolves let them have the possession because they, they knew they'd do nothing with it. Let them knock the ball about in their, in their defensive third. Once they get to the midfield and towards our box, we'll, we'll start to press them. But we know they're not going to do anything with them. So... You, you you went you, the team went to Wolves and you're thinking this is going to be a tough one you know but Fulham is still a good side they could still get something from there but they just didn't show up and that's the most disappointing thing about that it wasn't the result it was the way they performed. Were you impressed with Wolves? Not not, not in that game no because there was no reason for them to get out of second gear you know Fulham made them look better than they were in that game if, if Wolves fans were saying you know that wasn't how we've been playing all season. We scored two goals from two set pieces, but apart from that, haven't really threatened. And it was more so that Wolves didn't need to put on the style because after 20 minutes, Fulham were done and dusted. It's the game before the international break. Wolves knew they Fulham posed no threat. They could let their foot off the gas and just knock the ball about, take it nice and easy and go into the international break on the back of a good win. Mm. We're bringing Tom at this point because obviously he covers Brentford and you know that... They're a side that are completely opposite at the moment, a side banging form and, and have moved above Fulham. So, Tom, are you surprised at Fulham's struggles at the moment? Um, I, I, yeah, yes and no. I think I, I had Fulham as the. I, t- I took Fulham to go up at the start of the season. I thought the fact they kept Tom Kearney, kept Ryan Sessegnon, I thought, I thought they pretty much had the makings of a squad that could uh, potentially win the division. I think there might be a few issues that are affecting Fulham, and it, and it could all stem back to uh, the. Uh, the playoff game against uh, Reading last year, I think, in a way, uh, Yapstam did a number on, on Fulham. They worked out how best to uh, limit them in, a, in attack. And that's the thing is, Fulham like to have the ball. If you let Fulham have the ball in their own half, they're not going to score. They can have the ball as much as you want. It, it's If you can keep them out. I think as well, the way that Tom Kearney just linked everything in last year. I mean, he was brilliant throughout the whole season. He was, And he's been a big miss and he was, he was a big part of the way Fulham played and that and that's the thing is Fulham's style hasn't changed but they haven't necessarily got that player to fill that Kearney role because he was such an influential part of that style mm. 
and him being absent for, for however for for the length of time he has been has has been a real problem for them. And I think it will still it will eventually come good for them, and they and they they still could challenge for the playoffs certainly. But it's also a big year for them as well. Is I believe it's the last year they'll have power sheet payments, for instance, from the Premier League. So that that will probably a bit be a bit of added pressure. But the thing is, is all hope isn't lost yet at any point, any stretch of the imagination. All it takes is a week, much like the one Brentford's had, and they're, they're looking up at the table. And I think uh, a lot of people forget as well that at the start of uh, that, a fair way into uh, last season, as I remember seeing from get beaten 4 0 at home to uh, Bristol City, and they weren't, and that was only about a month or so ago, as it were, in the last season. And they eventually found their form. They clicked, and they had a, a brilliant second half of the season, and uh, and reached the playoffs. So it can still certainly happen for them. It's clearly not been the the best of weeks. And I think, in a way, seeing some Fulham fans saying, "Oh, Jukanovic out, etc." I think it's uh, I think it's a bit uh, of an overreaction. I think he's a very good manager, and uh, given time, given a bit more luck, given. Tom Kearney returning to full fitness and and becoming the player he was last year, Fulham will will certainly start climbing the table. Is it? There just needs to be a bit of patience. It's clearly not been going well off the pitch for them, but a bit of patience and they'll be fine. Ryan, do you think the, the biggest frustration for Fulham fans is is not seeing them kick on from last year? Because obviously the, the the second half of the season, as Tom mentioned, was was so good, and you know they were the well, given plaudits from you know every angle, weren't they last last season? And to come into this season, all right, they they lost in the playoffs last year, but to come into the season and have such a, a struggle early on, is that the, the frustration for Fulham fans? I think yeah, fa- the fans will be just frustrated that they didn't kick on from last season. But I think that in turn is part of the problem, is that the recruitment over the summer saw last season, saw how good they were, and thought, well, actually, if we keep those team, we don't actually have to add new players to the starting lineup. If we add depth to the side we're going to be fine. And I think that's where mistakes were made, you know, the, the striker situation. They didn't add that Dwight Gale-type striker over the summer because obviously last season they were top goal scorers. So perhaps that was overlooked to a degree where they've added Abu Bakar Kamara and Rui Font. You know, Kamara is so, so raw and so young and Font, he still hasn't been played in that correct position for me. You'd think... That that's probably part of the reason why Fulham aren't scoring this season because that, that striker was overlooked in the summer because Fulham scored so many goals last season. It wasn't put as such a high priority as it perhaps should have been. They obviously lost Chris Martin as well. I'm not going to say that Fulham missed Chris Martin himself, but they miss a player like Chris Martin, you know. He didn't score as many goals as people thought he would, but he's hold-up play, you know. He dragged defenders out of position that allowed, you know, the wide players like Aise and Cabano in behind space, which Kearney then exploited. There's, we haven't had that this season. There's been no space in behind defenders because Font isn't the same kind of striker. He he thrives off balls through on the floor. And Kamara, although he's big and powerful, he likes to run direct at players. So I think Fulham are missing that kind of player as well, you know, Chris Martin type player. So all these things, you know, it's all a combination of all small little things that are adding up at the moment that find Fulham struggling. I know Tom mentioned that, like Brentford, they had a poor start but with Brentford the performances were there the performances haven't been there for for Fulham yet I think the only game they've played anywhere near like they played last season was Ipswich and even that wasn't fantastic so I think 
You know, playoffs is a long, long way off of where Fulham are at the moment and a lot needs to change before they get there. You know, starting with performances, they're leaking easy goals, you know, they're defending set pieces like 11-year-olds wouldn't even defend on a Sunday. That's where the goals are coming from. There's lapses of concentration. The, the team don't, they, they lose the ball in midfield too early. The only player you could say in that midfield that's performed consistently at the moment is Kevin McDonald. And the way he's been playing is pretty much the same as last season. But you'd worry where they'd be without him shielding that back four because the amount of man and match performance he's had and the amount of balls he's won in that midfield third is, is frightening for a Fulham side that kept the ball so well last season. And then, of course, you get forward and there's just no threat about him. He doesn't seem to want to use Johan Molo, Jordan Graham, which might be in part due to Craig Klein bringing him in and being Klein signings. But you look at Molo, he was the, against Wolves, he added a bit of spark and he was a bit creative. He wanted the ball at his feet, he wanted to run at players and Fulham haven't had that this season yet. So I think after this international break, you've got to bring in Rafa Suarez and Johan Molo just to add something different. If you have Johan Molo as the right attacking midfielder, Ryan Sessling on as the left one with front up front. I think you've got a completely different front three that will offer that bit more than what you've got at the moment with Vaiye and Cabano playing, perhaps. So, yeah, I think it's a lot of individual things leading up from last summer coming into this game, to, uh, coming into this this period, to be honest. Do you think as well, I mean, Tom mentioned that, you know, other teams perhaps have come to stifle Fulham and, you know, they, they perhaps worked out how to play against them. Do you think that that is a contributing factor that, you know, teams have seen what, what, how Fulham effect, were effective last year and have, you know, tried to combat that in another fight this season? Yes and no. Teams are obviously going to see Fulham as the free-scoring machine they were last season and try and set up to stop them, but they were trying to do that last season. Fulham still scored goals, you know. It's not a new thing, Fulham play good football and score goals. From the latter half of the season, teams would have been trying to stop Fulham doing that anyway. You know, managers aren't stupid. They're going to try to stop a footballing team playing football. So to say that teams, people have figured them out, I don't think they've figured them out so much. Like, they're defending the same as they did. It's just not clicking for Fulham up front. I'm sure if Fulham had someone like Dwight Gow and then had fully fit Tom Kearney, they'd be scoring goals pretty regularly, regardless of how a team's set up against them. Do you think then that... January becomes a crucial period for for Fulham. Obviously, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of football to be played between now and then. But could could the January window be a really important time for? Uh, January is massive for them now, especially with Klein going, who's obviously in charge of the data side of recruitment. You know, they've got James Lovell in place now. Like a few names that Craig Klein's data reposedly said no to. You know, you've got Aaron Moy, Andreas Pereira, Tammy Abraham, Glenn Murray, all of those type of players. You know, they're going to add something to a team. So. You know, coming into January, what kind of players are Fulham going to sign? Is it going to be the usual players that they, they signed last summer that were from the French League and, and rather obscure leagues where, you know, it might, it's completely different to a championship like Camaro's finding it and Font's finding it? Or is it going to be players that have, you know, played in the lower leagues of the English Football League or played in, you know, under 23 sides that are going to add something more to the team? You know, like Tammy Abraham, when he signed for Bristol, he was relatively an unknown quantity and he smashed the championship last season, he's doing well with the Premier League this season, will Fulham then now switch it in January to that kind of model? It, it, these next few months are going to decide that, how they go forward from here. You know, There's going to be lots of backroom meetings going on between Tony Khan, Shahid Khan, the CEO, everyone behind the scenes. It's going to be all these discussions are going to be taking place now on where, what kind of recruitment Fulham go forward with at the moment. Because obviously last summer's hasn't worked for them. That's, that's the, the bottom line of it. But how in the short term before then do they turn things around you know, with the players they've got? You've got to go back to basics, I think. Fulham are doing the basic things wrong 
and you've got to get those things right if you want to get results. I think this international break for them need to go back to basics. They need to sort out defending set pieces. They need to sort out defending. They need to sort out scoring goals. It's it's this basic stuff that needs sorting before they can go back to the Fulham that they were like last season, stringing 30, 40 passes together and stick it in the back of the net. There's no point doing that if you can't defend or if you can't keep the ball in midfield like they haven't been doing. So I think the most important thing for them to do this this January, this January um, international break is, is to work on the basics. And Tom, what's your opinion on uh, the statistical model that Fulham use? There's been a lot, obviously, written about... Uh, Fulham and their, their model and um, an interesting thing I noticed on Twitter was Ted Nutson who used to work at Brentford doing a, a similar thing to uh, what Craig Klein used to do was in namely having statistical models and he's a big fan of s- statistics I remember him sort of saying well Fulham haven't Fulham signings haven't been doing that great without statistics why not try it with statistics that was about this time last year when it all originally kicked off and he sort of made sort of five, five points really is um, about how the uh, personality clashes were sort of probably the biggest deal and, and they happen across football with with statistics and uh, without and one of the big things he, he mentions as goes on to mention is any stat system that didn't survey Aaron Murray is uh, problematic There's, his set up had uh, Andreas Pereira in their top three of uh, lonely attackers Tammy Abraham was number one um, and the thing, and he also says, if you're not going to divulge details of your model internally, you should be sacked on the spot. This should be non-negotiable inside the club. And Fulham recruitment, even with stats, has been very hit or miss. Is and there are obviously reasons for that. I think the fact that Fulham and certainly Klein's model seem to rule out players coming from the lower divisions or players that have played more youth football, that was probably the biggest problem with the model. And when he doesn't have the players that when Slavisa sees players like Pereira that maybe you need to have a bit of an eye on and to my, my understanding is Slavisa got a, pretty much a personal recommendation from Jose Mourinho now I'd, I'd probably say Jose, if you don't have statistics on a player having a reference from Jose Mourinho is a, a pretty good one I'd say but I, I can't think of many uh, better references in a way so it, it's Statistics you can use to say you can make a very good interpretation, but clearly the model that Klein and Fulham had was limited in that respect as well. If it doesn't show, if it says don't sign Tammy Abraham, then it, there's clearly something wrong with it. And we've all seen how Owen Wade has done at Huddersfield. So I think there's clearly something wrong with their model, and maybe. When you look at a club like Brentford with with Fulham, Brentford signed Ollie Watkins. He's up there as their top goal scorer. He's had a great season so far. He's stepped up and replaced Hotter and has come at about a third of the price of him. So it's bringing those players up from the lower divisions has clearly worked for Brentford. There's Ryan Woods, who was man of the match for them on Saturday against Leeds on the telly. Is he came from Shrewsbury. Ollie Watkins comes from Exeter. John Egan came from Gillingham. Is they have players that they're willing to trust the players to come up from the lower divisions. And clearly, Fulham statistics didn't sort of allow that. And clearly, they felt that it's clearly Fulham's budget to Brentford's budget's different. Is Fulham 
is if if we're using the money ball parlance that we've sort of seen Brentford are the Oakland days they're the side with them with very little money Fulham are probably more like the Boston Red Sox who sort of started to use that model and actually tried to sign Billy Bean who was the the subject of uh, Michael Lewis's book um, but he, he turned, turned them down because he had proven he was worth the money he was in a way so is Fulham were are able to do it with more money so surely they should be doing a better job of it so it is the model I think needs sort of tweaking is I don't I see statistics as a a good way of signing a pl- of getting a shortlist as well but you've also got to uh, put that human element in as well and you've got to almost say is if Slavisa Djukanovic says it, I want a striker that's a back to goal striker in a way like Chris Martin can hold the ball up bring other players into action I want that's the sort of striker I want I want a striker like Chris Martin you can then use your statistics to go out find a shortlist and say Slavisa we've found these three players are there, are there any in particular you'd like more? And then it work, all works better. And clearly the communication side of things wasn't really working at Fulham. And that, that's what probably needs to change. And that's probably what they're going to work out. They're probably going to work out a, a better chain of, uh, better way of commanding the transfer market. Obviously, as we've, we've mentioned, it's the international break now. And then there's you know a, a run of, well, quite a significant run of games really for Fulham now between... You know, the, the end of this break and, and Christmas and the new year before we hit January in the window. So it, it's going to be a, a busy time, but also an important time for Fulham, isn't it, to, to try and get things right? Yeah, it's it's massive. You know, the next month is a huge, huge time for Fulham because they're not performing particularly well and you can only blame recruitment for so much. Once the players are on the pitch, it's up to the manager to, to decide how they play, where they play and, you know, to try and get them playing the football he wants. So... Yeah, these next few games, they're, they're absolutely huge for Fulham. It, you know, they're, they've only won, I think, four or five games all season. It's not it's not been good enough. They've got to start getting wins on the board. You know, they've got to start performing at home as well. That's the big sticking point at the moment is how poorly they've played in front of their own fans. You've got to make Craven Cottage a fortress. Regardless of how you're playing, teams should come to Craven Cottage and not think it's going to be easy pickings. So, you know, you go up to up to even January, these next two months, they're going to be huge in deciding if Fulham are going to actually come, maybe near the playoffs or in the playoffs or just be languishing mid-table again. I guess, you know, as frustrating and, and disappointing as the form has been in, in recent weeks, as Tom sort of said earlier, all is not lost at this stage of the season. You know, I mean, you've still got, what, six, well, five, four or five months, you know, of, of the, the hard slog from now to the end of the season, you know, and before you get to the real business end of it, I mean, Fulham aren't. They might be struggling in the bottom half at the moment, but they could still go on a good run. Yeah, I mean, they did last season, but the difference between this season and last season is that they started off really well, and you could see they could play football. Then they went on a sticky patch. Whereas this season, there hasn't been that kind of form. It's been pretty hit and miss all all season so far. So of course, it's there's a long, long way to go at the moment. But having seen Fulham from August to now. Do they look like a playoff team to me at the moment? Not one bit. You know, they're they're gonna. If 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 it was me, and if you're looking at that side from the outside, not knowing what they did last season, you say, well, they'll finish mid-table at the highest. So although it's a long season, you know, they're gonna have to go on a run of seven, eight, get eight, nine games with without losing, without drawing, just winning if they want to get near those playoffs come May. And the way they're playing, I I just don't see it happening at the moment. 
Well, they've got two weeks to try and sort things out, haven't they, uh, on and off the pitch, and um, and then they'll be back, and they've got a televised game against Derby County, haven't they? I think. Yeah, Derby County at home, which is going to be a very tough one to come straight back into, you know, in front of the Tenney, Derby are doing really, really well at the moment, obviously they lost to Reading quite heavily at the weekend, but, you know, Derby at Craven Cottage, it's, it's going to be tough for Fulham. Mm. Well, we'll be back next week to preview that game and, uh, and obviously look ahead to, to those that follow as well in the run-up to Christmas. Um, for now, though, thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Tom, for your time. Um, and thank you for listening. That was our uh, fifth episode of It's All White, and uh, we'll be back next week with our sixth. zijn met je mobiel? Dat kan al voor 21,50 per maand met de iPhone SE 32 gigabyte. Nu met 300 minuten of sms'jes en 1000 MB 4G internet. Kijk op ben.nl Let op. Geld plenen kost geld.